situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. I don't like to jump into saving sports history at the beginning of the past ball show, but I'm going to a little bit to start off today. One year ago today, the Houston Astros finished off the American League Championship Series with a four-game sweep over the New York Yankees. And on the same day, the Philadelphia Phillies finished off the San Diego Padres to set up the World Series in 2022, which we know the Astros ended up taking in six games. There's a chance that those two very teams, the Astros and the Phillies, can both clinch another World Series appearance on the same day. I enjoy that irony. couple different points on the World Series uh, as we get close to it with the LCS. I haven't really believed too much in Arizona. And I thought Arizona's best opportunity to get to the World Series would have been uh, to take all three games at home. And the Phillies really kind of stapled a really good chance of getting themselves into the World Series with a Game 5 win. Um, the Phillies have built their team by doing what a lot of other fans have wanted to see their teams do. And something that gets lauded in baseball, something that gets the anticipation the antithesis of an applause in baseball is when teams go out there and spend big money on big free agents. We love to make fun of the teams that sign big free agents and don't go anywhere. People that aren't New York Mets fans love killing the Mets when they don't win the World Series for having a record high payroll. People love, people that are not San Diego Padre fans, love killing the San Diego Padres for what they've done over the past five years, which I've said is revolutionary in baseball. To have a team that's known as a small market all of a sudden say, F it, and go out there and spend big money on big players. Now, ultimately, that's got to equal something. You've got to win a World Series championship at some point to make that investment look like a sound one. But... You know, for years, people people that aren't New York Yankees fans love to kill the New York Yankees for spending a lot of money and ultimately not winning. Listen, overall, the Yankees have won enough, but have they gotten a bang for their buck every year? They've gone out there and spent big-time money. The Phillies, if they get to win the World Series this year, which would be nice for, obviously, the Philadelphia Philly fans who would be really excited coming off of a year where they got to the World Series, maybe in a year where they weren't expected to in 2022. Got there, and potentially getting back with a chance to win it is the only upgrade they could have over what happened last season. But I want to focus on what they have gone out there and done. They have developed some players. You know, Aaron Nola, Reese Hoskins, who if he's healthy, might be able to help the Phillies in the World Series. You're looking at the players that are there. You know, Bryson Stott. Alec Bohm. Okay, there are some young players that have come through the Philadelphia system. That team was built on free agents. It was built on signing Bryce Harper. It was built on signing Zach Wheeler. 
It was built on trading for and then re-signing JT Realmuda. It was built on signing Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and this past offseason signing Trey Turner. If you're a fan of a Major League Baseball team, that's what you want to do. You want to go out there and win free agency. And we talk about how you could go out there and win yourself an offseason and it doesn't translate into wins. The Phillies may be the example of a team that can go out there and, you know what, the Philly fans might not like hearing buying a World Series championship. So I'm not going to say it because I don't want it to sound condescending. I don't want it to sound insulting. I like what the Phillies have done. In fact, if you look at half of the players or the majority of the players that the Phillies have signed, I, I would have loved to see my team sign them. And this is a good message for baseball. And if you look at the person that's running the organization, you're looking at an all-time executive who deserves his place in the Baseball Hall of Fame for the way he has done things. David Dombrowski has done things his way and may very well win his third World Series championship as an executive. He bought the players for the Miami Marlins that won the World Series in 1997. He essentially bought a retooled Boston Red Sox team that won the World Series in 2018. And if the Phillies are lucky enough to win the World Series this year, he went out there and got the players to lead the Phillies to another World Series championship. And you know, let, let's let's talk about this for a second because we, we don't hear about this too much. All we hear about is pit, people on the other side bitching and complaining that the Mets spent too much money and where did it get them? The Padres spent too much money and look, where did it get them? Look at all the teams with young, dynamic players that aren't making very much money, which we know are darlings to the common baseball fan. But look at the Phillies. The Phillies got a chance to say F you to the system. David Dombrowski is leading that charge. And the guy is a Hall of Fame executive already. He's been in a World Series with four different teams now. He's got a chance to win a World Series with his third. When it comes to the ALCS, I've said all along that I'm not real picky, whether it's Astros, Rangers. I love the story on each side. It's hard to not root for Dusty Baker. I'd love to see Dusty win a World Series championship with the Astros this year. And just, you know, he can walk away or he can manage if he wants to. He looks like he's still in good shape. He's enjoying the job. He should be able to go out on his own terms. For a guy that's been treated, in my opinion, like crap over the past couple decades, you know, was let go with the Giants after being there for 10 years, didn't get a chance to leave ceremoniously with the Cubs, was forced out in Cincinnati for what became a shitty team long after he was, wasn't there. Led to Mont uh, the few uh, former Montreal Expos and now Washington Nationals to two straight NL East championships before losing his job, and you know there's some pundits that are still out there criticizing him in in Houston, and all he has done is led his team in four straight years to the ALCS, the last two years to the World Series. If they could win today in Game Seven. He could have a chance to take the team to his third World Series championship. And as I've said before, I'm all about you know, the, the anti-fake um, fake hate or uh, fake uh, rage that fans go out there and do against the Houston Astros. Oh my God, they're cheaters. When, listen, go back to a previous past ball show because I'm not going to get back into this talking about gamesmanship and how it borderlines on cheating to begin with, and we're going to pick and choose what stuff is going to be 
uh, perceived as more egregious. In the end, it's entertainment. In the end, every single athlete, every single person that has any influence on a sport is doing everything they can to give themselves some sort of advantage. Some stuff is more egregious. I'm willing to agree with you on but to sit here and make like the Houston Astros in 2017 did something that no other team in baseball history was trying to do at any level is absolutely ludicrous. So I'm rooting for the Astros just because of that. So I could stick up my middle finger at all the anti-Astros fans that say, oh my God, they're cheaters. Yeah, look at that for a minute. But on the other side, when it comes to the Texas Rangers... Bruce Bochy, obviously somebody that is easy to get behind. Max Scherzer, I think a born winner. I'd love to see him go out there and compete for a World Series championship. You know, you look at Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, the half a billion dollar middle infield. We'll go back to the point that I made about the Phillies. Listen, I like to see teams rewarded for going out there and spending the money. When you're looking at a team like the Oakland Athletics who really don't care, they don't care where their team goes. You know, the owner just wants to make a buck. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays may be kind of pushing themselves into the right direction with a projected payroll which may be a rec- which will by far be a record for them in 2023. And and maybe that you know, you see what's happened with some of these teams that are spending money and maybe winning. If the Texas Rangers were to win their first World Series championship, which, by the way, they're one of six teams that have never done that before. You know, you add them to the list of the Rays and the Brewers and the um, Seattle Mariners and the San Diego Padres and what's the other one? There's another one in there somewhere that I miss. Colorado. So those are the six teams that have never won before. If the Texas Rangers are able to get themselves to a World Series championship and win it, I don't care if they bought it. I don't think the fans in that city or area give a shit if the Texas Rangers bought themselves a World Series championship, a half a billion dollar middle infield that they got with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Like I said, I think teams spending money, getting results and winning is great for the sport. Because you know what? We're talking about owners that are billionaires. They got a ton of money in the first place. You know, owners of professional sports teams that are claiming poverty can do either one of two things. Obviously, shut the hell up. But most importantly, if you think that the the the, the trials and tribulations of running an organization and being that figurehead, and from a financial standpoint, is too much, then get out. There's plenty of people in the world of sports. You heard Trevor May go off on John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland Athletics. Listen, if this is too much for you, get out. The other thing that I wanted to jump into before we hashtag SSH saving sports history here on a past ball show, which is what we're here to do. I want to talk about Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin's going to get a chance as a major league uh, manager to interview for the San Francisco Giants. Might be a good fit for him. He has a, a, a tie to Farhan Zaidi, who was his boss in Oakland, where he came from. Obviously, he was managing the Oakland Athletics for about a decade Ended up leaving that post to go to the San Diego Padres for the last two years. Maybe things aren't going you know, as well for him. The Padres didn't win. A.J. Preller's the general manager. Melvin's the, the manager. They're obviously going to be at odds. The same way Billy Eppler and Buck Showalter were forced to be at odds with the Mets underperforming. 
the expectations were, hey, listen, it's all great. We could all live in harmony when uh, you're winning game after game. But when things don't start going right, all of a sudden a finger pointing is there. So I, I get where the finger pointing comes from, but I want to talk about Melvin for a second because I think he gets um, kind of looked at as this great baseball manager. And he might be. You know, I, I, I said when I was talking about the responsibilities of a manager, one of the most important ones is what type of presence you have in a clubhouse. Do you inspire the players? Do the players want to come out there and play for you? Um, what do you do with today's player when they have you know emotional issues? It, are you somebody they can go to? How do you stabilize the clubhouse when the team's not winning? Those are all very important things, and they may be qualities that Bob Melvin brings to the table. That being said, at some point, he's got to back it up with a victory. And I get why he was never going to win in Oakland. He, he jumped off the ship at just the right time. As you look at the Oakland Athletics, back-to-back 100-loss -back seasons, 56 years they've been in Oakland. They've only had three 100-loss seasons. Two of them have been in 2022 and 2023. And let's be real, I don't expect it to get much better next year. Maybe, maybe there's some young players that kind of bring the team and uh, help them overachieve. But the Athletics are a dumpster fire. They're a train wreck. They're probably not going to be headed in the right direction until they leave Oakland and move to Las Vegas. But I digress. Bob Melvin got out of there at the right time. Maybe Bob Melvin is feeling that the San Diego Padres mixture of players as that guidance counselor, which I, I'm saying he may be very good at, he may get the sense that it's not going to work in San Diego. But he's going to take a much difficult, a much more difficult role managing the San Francisco Giants, a team that can't get a star player to want to sign with them, and a team that, in my opinion, is a little bit behind L.A., a little bit behind the San Diego Padres. But maybe Bob Melvin doesn't agree with that. Maybe he believes that the Giants could overachieve, but once it's said and done, Bob Melvin, a guy that's been called this great baseball manager, at some point has got to win something. And he can't go bouncing from team to team every year because of his reputation. At some point, he's got to get the job done. And he's not out there you know, getting hits or getting a big strikeout. But at some point, he's got to be part of a team that wins. As we jump into today's Saving Sports History segment of the Passball Show, we go back to the year of 1886. And one of the disputes I've had with a lot of common uh, baseball fans has been my dispute over previous World Series or World Championships that existed prior to the American League and the National League getting together in 1901. First of all, there were two seasons, 1901 and 1902, where they didn't play a World Series. So I believe we should talk about some sort of champion that exists for those couple years. But prior to that, prior to the emergence of the American League in 1901, there was baseball and there was supremacy to be held um, amongst individual leagues. The National League existed going back to the days of, what, 1876. Prior to that, it was the National Association that existed for five years. The American Association came, I believe it was 1882. So we're going back to the year of 1886, where the two leagues at the time, the National League and the American Association, end up having themselves a World Championship Series. The St. Louis Browns of the American Association defeated the Chicago White Stockings, who are now the Chicago Cubs, 
four games to two to win that World Championship Series. In 1910, Philadelphia, the Athletics, won their first World Series championship, defeating the Chicago Cubs of the National League four games to one. Now, once again, we talk about the Oakland Athletics version of their franchise, and I think it's time to talk about the kind of mixed history that exists with that franchise. Because you talk about a once-proud franchise, three World Series championships in four years, 1910, 1911, 1913, lost as heavy favorites in the 1914 World Series and one of the biggest upsets in the history of professional sports when the Boston Braves beat them. Um, that's for another day in the past or the future because obviously I've talked about it before. Um, and then you got the Connie Mack being cheap era where some of the worst Philadelphia teams in the history of Philadelphia sports existed. Um, Connie Mack staying on way longer than he should in spite of winning World Series in 1929 and 1930. And then you got the Kansas City team, which was picked up by um, the owner of Yankee Stadium with obviously a conflict of interest. The Kansas City team became a farm system for the New York Yankees for many years. Then it went to Oakland, Charlie Finley, three straight World Series championships in 72 to 74. Obviously the Bash Brothers and Dave Stewart and Bob Welch winning the World Series in 1989. And then you got the whole Moneyball years where the athletics are crying poverty because they can't get good players and they're trying to recreate the game with Billy Bean. So it's been an up and down type of history, but there's a lot of great moments to look back on if you're a athletics fan. Nine World Series championships. Five in Philadelphia, four with Oakland. And then you got that Kansas City phase, which unfortunately was not being guided with the best interest of the team in mind. 1921, the Green Bay Packers play their first NFL game. At the time, it was called the uh, American Professional Football Association. They won 7-6 to six over a franchise that existed in Minnesota. 1945, Jackie Robinson signs his contract to play in the minor leagues with the Montreal Royals. 1967, the New Jersey Americans, who are now known as the Brooklyn Nets, played their first ABA game. 1984, Rick Sutcliffe ends up winning the Cy Young Award in the National League. And I, I bring up Rick Sutcliffe because we talk about some of the greatest um, deadline acquisitions. Justin Verlander with the uh, Houston Astros in 2017 helped lead them to a World Series. Perhaps that could happen again. Perhaps Max Scherzer could be a great deadline acquisition to, to lead the Rangers to the World Series this year. But Rick Sutcliffe was, what, 14 or 15 and 1. One of the more dominant runs, I think, is CeCe Sabathia in 2008 when the Brewers acquired him at the trading deadline from the Cleveland, then known as Indians. 1993, Joe Carter wins the friggin' World Series for the Toronto Blue Jays. A big-time three-run home run, probably the greatest hit in the history of a professional baseball postseason. Leads the Toronto Blue Jays to an 8-6 to win over the Philadelphia Phillies to clinch their second straight World Series championship. 2022, like I said before, the Astros and the Phillies both punched their tickets to the World Series. They got a chance to do it again. Rangers got a chance to get to the World Series for the third time on the same day. If the Diamondbacks are lucky to win Game 6 in Philadelphia, they'll get a chance to play Game 7 tomorrow. Birthdays on this day. 
the 23rd day of October. John Heisman, who obviously we know what he is known for, but he was the uh, basically the leader of what is now the center snap from the quarterback from the center to the quarterback. Also created a forward pass. Born on this day in 1869, 1914, Frank the Bruiser Kennard, a Hall of Fame tackle for some New York teams, one of them known as the Yankees, um, is, in a base, is in a Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was born on this day in 1914. Vern Stevens, one of the more dominant shortstops in the history of Major League Baseball. And I really, I, I really feel like the Veterans Committee has missed out on this guy. This is somebody that does belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I've done a lot of research on him. You, you've heard my take if you go back to the 700-plus PBSs. Uh, I've made my case for Vern Stevens. He should be a Baseball Hall of Famer. Hopefully he gets the proper consideration in the future. He was born on this day in 1920. A Baseball Hall of Famer was born on this day in 1931, and that's Jim Bunning, a dominant pitcher for the Detroit Tigers and the Philadelphia Phillies through a perfect game in 1964, a no-hitter in 1957. Obviously a longtime uh, member of politics, whether he was a House of Representative or a Senator in the second part of his life. One of the greatest athletes in the history of the sport, of the world of sports, Pele, born on this day in 1940. You heard me talk about the greatest and most dominant player in each one of the major sports. I've thrown names like Babe Ruth out there, Michael Jordan, um, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, I think might be a, a challenge to Michael Jordan when you're talking about the most dominant player to ever play in the National Basketball Association. Obviously, Wayne Gretzky, you know, Jim Brown, I think dominated the, the National Football League more than any player had done before or after. But it's hard to say anybody dominated a sport more than Pele. Born on this day in 1940, 1,281 goals in 1,383 games. And remember, we talk about soccer being a bore, soccer being that 0-0 tie, hoping that somebody could kick the ball in the net. Pele, when he went out there, he freaking scored. And I think that's amazing. Now, he's got 102 games out of the 1,383 uh, games that he played, and he doesn't have a goal accounted for. Obviously, he scored multiple goals in several games, so there's a lot of games that he played that he didn't score a goal in, but... Just an amazing ratio, 1,281 goals, I'll say that again, in 1,383 games. Nick Bosa, uh, the edge rusher for the San Francisco 49ers, born on this day in 1997. We lost on this day in 1915 a person by the name of W.G. Grace. And I'm going to spend a couple minutes talking about W.G. Grace because uh, I could talk about that person similarly to the way I speak of Pele when we're talking about the Goat of Goats. By far, the greatest cricket batsman in the history of the sport. A lot of people don't know much about cricket. I wish I could say I knew a little more about the sport. But if you're thinking cricket, and hopefully that sport comes in your mind over the course of the near future, I want you to think of a name, W.G. Grace. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Albans Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. If you're interested in hearing me flap my yap mouth, you can check the podcast out, the Past Ball Show on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music videos on YouTube. We'll be back with you soon. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day.
I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park, not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. side of the spectrum they're on. Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing out. They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. <laughs>